0: This is Bragg, the son of Balin, and you're listening to Light the Beacons, a LOTRO podcast. Welcome to the world of Middle-earth. Beacons of Minas Tirith. The Beacons are lit! Lotro calls for aid! And Brog shall answer. Amane Dine, that's Amandine Dean in Pig Latin, somewhere in the foothills of Farinorian. Some kindling is being kindled. Welcome back to Like the Beacons, the only Lotro podcast that dares to say, Hey, buddy, hands off my bubbling goo. This is episode number 89, and I resign. No, I'm just kidding. I'm still your host, Brag of the lonely mountain, the sultan of Shield, Swipe the earl of Agro, mountaineer of the Ethel Duath, and dwarf of ill repute. Broadcasting live from temporary LTB MEWHQ, far from Faethillion, in the main gort, main gate of the Hornburg in Helms Deep. Let's uh, let's take a look around and see what we can see around us. Um, I'm in the center of uh, you know, uh, like a chamber, entrance chamber, and in front of me there are two giant wooden doors that are open to the outside through them I can see the veil and uh, in the distance the um, uh, oh gosh what do you call it the ramparts that form the outer uh, bulwarks Um, geez I've defended them in big battles many times but the name is escaping me right now it'll come to me in a bit um you know they're framed kind of by these two giant horse statues which are on either ends of the rampart that leads up to the hornberg uh, the doors themselves are a light wood with uh iron hasps and uh, they look like studded with metal rivets for strengthening i can see porticoluses retracted into the ceiling that could be dropped down for further strengthening of the doors obviously repaired after the battles of the Hornburg the room itself is uh, kind of a strange shape it's not exactly square um... you know it's a little rounded obviously and it's got some some uh... some recesses and some some uh... some extended uh... uh stonework in the floor um, that makes it kind of an odd shape either side of me there are four columns with uh, red uh... looks like wooden um Columns attached to the iron, the stone columns. They've got uh, these horses, uh, kind of extending out of them, leaping out of the woodwork. Uh, larger ones on the bottom side of the columns, and and smaller ones echoing on the top. And in between the columns, there are tapestries uh, with sh- a shield maiden of Rohan carrying a shield and spear, with horses rearing on either side of her, and those those tapestries are matched on the other side of the of the entryway as well uh... If I look up at the ceiling there's an interesting patterning grain that kind of mirrors the shape of the floor and uh... there's also three chandeliers uh... roherum antler design that i can see as well uh... if i look through the doors into the inner courtyard i can see a milestone and i can see um the bottom of the bridge that leads across from the outer wall into the inner wall of the keep. Uh, there are one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. Uh, Rohirrim on guard here, as well as wine and Hama. Who? I must be. Um, I must be in pre-battle Helm's Deep right now, as opposed to after-battle Helm's Deep. That makes some sense. And. And, uh, you know, as you know, there are the objects that you can click inside to advance the day and the various timelines that you have uh, to recreate the Battle of Helm's Deep. Uh, Jorwine is wearing ooh, a hauberk and uh, looks like a leather coat over the top of it with some leather straps across his middle. Hama in his traditional garb, including uh, some armored shoulder pads and uh, a green breastplate over a male coat and uh... he's got uh... long long blonde hair which is ponytailed in the back and kind of collected on the sides running down the front of his uniform with a large mustache and a rather prominent forehead furrowed brow he looks very determined and uh, obviously uh, an important figure in the lore that we shall discuss perhaps a bit later in the podcast but if we want to get around to that we better move on to our next beacon helms dyke of course is the name of the rampart out beyond the walls of helms deep and uh it's amazing how i can recall some of those things when i take a brief pause in between beacons uh yeah i'm coming to you on weird on a saturday afternoon it is a rainy weekend i actually was going to podcast earlier in the week and uh Life caught up with me, but I had more time available on the weekend. So we're coming to you with an unusual Saturday edition of of TheLikeAtTheBeacon.com. But even though it's an unusual day, we start in a usual place. we got to deal with a lot of CRAP, corrections, retractions, and apologies from last week. Last time out, we offended pretty much all the members of the Fellowship of the Ring and their agents. uh, Pugs everywhere, customer support devs, and elves. And to everyone else that was offended, we offer a solemn and very heartfelt Sorry. In addition, I would like to formally apologize to Palm D'Air, who left us a five-star iTunes review over a month ago, which has gone unrecognized until this very week, and that does indeed mean that we have a new high score because the last review of this podcast was left by Palm D'Air on August fourteenth of two thousand eighteen, and he reads thusly. On a scale of 1, burn the phone that's downloaded the podcast to 11. Wait, that's not sweat. I am mopping from my car seat. I gave it a 10 for nearly pants-peeing funny. My favorite for low podcasts. Hope you can keep up the pace. Great combination of in-depth topics and mixed nuts like Gollum and Grima. Hey, I resent that. Never know. Quite know what to expect. Palm Dier. You are the apple of my eye, and that's no small potatoes. A turd ring is in the mail as my odiferous way of saying thank you for this review. And as always, if you want to join the ragtag fugitive fleet of reviewers, then what you have to do is leave me an iTunes review or... If you descend into the very depths of Lumulnar and write your review with a sharpie on the giant glass lens at the bottom of that luminous pit, it shall blaze forth and write itself on the clouds above Xeric Ziggle like a bat signal, and I shall read it from on top of the Tower of Orthanc. Uh, other viewer feedback, none to be had, but uh, from Twitter. Uh, interestingly enough, a uh, phenomenon that occurred since last I podcasted with you, there was an automated subscription notification that was generated this past week to lifetime subscribers uh, from SSG, pinpointing that new credit card info was needed. And it read thusly, please be, please be advised that your card uh, with a CCV blah, 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 and date blah, 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 expires on July 1st of 2011. <laughs> To link a new card for automatic renewal of subscription, Lifetime VIP, in Project The Lord of the Rings Online, click here. Otherwise, your subscription will be canceled on January 1st of 2038. Yes, you heard it here. Unfortunately, my lifetime subscription is going to be canceled in a mere 20 years from now. And uh, I tweeted out that, you know, I'm oddly at peace with this. If I'm still playing this game in 20 years you should probably, you know, maybe, I don't know, shoot me in the head at that point in time. But never say never. Hey, it's been 11 already, so what the hey. Community Spotlight, the Harnkegger Games uh, schedule was announced, and they were conducted this past week. I was going to suggest you come out and support your race, especially if you're a dwarf, but they have now concluded, and I believe the High Elf-Elf combo uh, was enough to defeat the other three races that were involved um i feel badly for the dwarves you know high elves and elves ganging up on us they should probably be separate right right no they shouldn't they're they're almost interchangeable anyway but it is an unfair advantage uh maybe they should give us uh the bjornings on our team next year i mean they're kind of dwarf-y in their smell at least All right, give them to the men. Um, You know, what we'll do is we'll add uh, stout axes and uh, whatever the next class is that they add to the game. And you guys may have missed that, but there was at least a suggestion by some of the devs, I believe I saw in a post this past week, indicating that they're looking at things for planning for 2020. And one of the ones that was on the board, under discussion at least, was a new class in LOTRO. And, you know, people collectively lost their minds, of course, and the speculation started again. Uh, But they quickly backtracked and said, hey, this is not in planning, not really, just, you know, just an idea. We're kicking around, blah, 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 blah. Um, Interestingly enough, uh, you know, I would have to think that adding a class to the game... Generates a fair degree of revenue for them for them to be considering it, uh, you know, maybe as a little boost in between major updates. Uh, you know, obviously it makes long term maintenance of the game uh, more expensive, but it does incent people to go back and play through the content from the beginning over again, which kind of contributes to the economy, it contributes to uh, activity in the lower zones, and for people doing playthroughs with alts and so forth. So, um, Hopefully there's some data behind that that backs maybe a new class being introduced. I'd be okay with it. I don't want to do it too often because it kind of dilutes the power of the classes that we have. And, you know, sometimes the new classes are mismanaged and, you know, not effective. You know, they go back and forth between Wardens and RKs being OP, then being too weak, then being OP, Bjornings being neglected. I'd rather see them have a set of classes that they're confident they can keep in alignment as far as power and uh, desirability and effectiveness uh, so that people that have those classes out there, they continue to play. I'm not against adding a new class to the game, but only if they feel they have the staff to be able to maintain them all in that fashion so that some classes are not neglected. I will once again throw out my uh, top candidate for adding a class to the game being a Druiden race. Which would be a combo of kind of a mystical champion that has some rune-like, keeper like powers and some champion-like powers, uh, you know, as a DPS slash support class or off healer. That would be, again, my number one top suggestion in the game for another class, and uh, we shall see whether that comes to fruition or not. So where was I? I wasn't anywhere really, was I? Oh, uh, Harnkegger Games. Yeah, High Elves won. Big whoop de doo Elves go, you know, blah, blah, blah. Dwarves will be back. Also, I wanted to mention uh, from a community perspective, a new website that I came across this past week uh, was referred to me by someone in-game. It was called the Brambleberry Gazette, and it stands at brambleberrygazette.com home. Out on the webs, and it's a charming little page covering a variety of in game events and fictitious stories as well from a hobbit's perspective. Um, it's got fun little graphics, so you go out to the site, there's like two hands holding up on either side of the screen, holding up a scroll of vellum, it looks like, where a newspaper type um, interface is listed with various stories and links and so forth. And it's got a poetry page, and it's got uh, news, it's got uh, events, and it's all told from the from the perspective of a hobbit, uh, letting you know what's going on in and around the shire. It looks you know, pretty much RP focused, but it's a cute site. It's got some fun content on there. And if that's your bag, I would suggest you go out and take a look at it. Support them because uh, it still looks uh, pretty active. Always fun to see uh, new community. You know, I have no idea how long it's been out there. Probably a number of years at this point, I would guess. But good to see uh, actively supported community content still being generated. Let's go out to the forums uh, where there's some mob noises, pitchforks, torches, and a bunch of people going harumph and grumble. As Golden Star used to say, "Sweet sassy molassie, head for the fallout shelters." The great Loopaxa Palooza discussion continues. Uh, there's much vitriol amid the slowly developing SSG message, which has left many players perplexed. When I'm in the game, um, I see messages being generated about this every day. People looking for clarification. Uh, Some people are saying uh, about the new loot box strategy, great, at least we're moving towards something I understand. There's no more key drops, I get it, so I can just ignore that part of the game. Some are saying, what about the keys some players are stockpiling right now, that's an unfair advantage, those should be basically made useless. The people obviously stockpiling keys disagree based on the time investment they've been spending. World Chat, uh, you know, about every day I see someone saying, so should I be saving my black sturdy steel keys or regular keys or not? I believe the answer is yes, though what we get from them is going to be somewhat of a mystery for now. I've heard there might be moats or splinters or splendor or ash or older stuff uh, or just cosmetics and pets, although I've heard that the the pets and cosmetics might be uh, reducible for ash or moats or whatever. So basically... Loot box rewards and related vendor loot will be updated several weeks after update 23 hits production. Uh, Supposedly to avoid someone gearing up to the max instantly after release by using all their stockpiled keys or through on-store purchases. But make no mistake about it, you will be able to purchase keys from the store to gear your tune. Not raid gear maybe, not even instance gear, but gear nonetheless that bypasses having to grind some of the new zones. So... It's not pay to win, but maybe it's pay to place or pay to show. <laughs> Someone said that an estimate to fully gear uh, your tune only through store purchases would be uh, 750 to to $1,000. I don't know how much that's based in fact, but uh, I can't see too many people doing that, taking that route. Um, but never say never. So in this week's action-packed episode... We are going to talk a little bit about what we've been doing in game these past few weeks. We will debut a new segment called Man on the Street, where we have individuals around Middle Earth comment on the news of the day. We will class up the joint a little with a poetry reading from the recent Harden Kager games. And lastly, if we have any time remaining, we will have a sit-down interview with Blogcritar, the shy and introverted but sorely misunderstood Elite Master White of Gartha Garwin. Uh you would be misunderstood too if your name was Blogkritar. But if we want to have time for that, we better get moving along. So let's move on to our third beacon. <coughs> Nardal. This week in gaming and or other Tokyo news. Uh so what I've been playing lately. Lately I've been moving along with the Tomb Raider Anniversary game. Uh mentioned previously, I believe, that uh you know, I'm enjoying the puzzles, the tomb puzzles. Uh, even for an older game, they're fun. They're a bit more involved than even I thought. There's got some interesting 3D spaces that you have to maneuver around. Some per- perplexing puzzles that uh, you know, are satisfying to complete. Uh, every once in a while, I do have a guide that I'll look up if I I know I can figure out, but I know it'll just take time, wasting time to do it. You know, if I if I come across an area where I have to go through a very complicated a series of jumps and leaps and ledge climbing and other things to get to a point and then i fall off and i know i'll have to do it again and again and again to get it right and i just want to confirm that i'm moving in the right direction before i waste the time on doing that again i will go out and and check some things just to save myself some time but the uh, the tomb puzzles are fun and fine Uh, every once in a while in between you'll get a boss battle where you have to do a significant amount of combat, usually using the adrenaline dodge, which is, using the PC controls is a little bit clunky, but I can usually get by those, uh, without too much time investment, and, uh, enjoying that. I am wondering how, how much gameplay there is in the Anniversary Edition, since it's supposed to, I believe, combine, uh, three or four different, uh, Tomb Raider games, or the first four or five Tomb Raider games all into one. So uh, I'm pushing along with it for now. Um, If it uh, really drags on after a while, I may take a break, come back and do something else, then go back to another game. Um, I believe I mentioned that Love, Hate, and the Other Ones was a puzzle game that I was working on that I completed Recently, uh, I think I had like 75 or 80 levels and the last few were pretty devilish, but I did get to the end of that game and for a couple, I think I bought it for either $1 or 2 or $3, it's worth a playthrough. It's kind of fun if you, you're into those little uh, 2D puzzle puzzle solver games. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, I did our first remote session conducted uh, using only FaceTime at this time at least. Uh, it was a little slow going when we started out until we got into a rhythm. But we were able to advance our storyline a little bit. And um, we'll uh, hopefully be getting back to D&D soon. So still enjoying that playthrough. What's been going on with movies and TV? Um, So in theaters this weekend, two things I'm interested in. A Star is Born, which I've heard from multiple people is amazing. It's probably going to be a central player in the Oscar races uh, for Best Actor, Best Female uh, actress, uh, I would imagine director, and probably movie as well. Uh, we'll see what else. You know, I'm sure it'll have uh, some musical contributions as well. Um, also, in, somewhat intrigued by a movie called *A Simple Favor*, which stars Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, which I've heard good things about. Uh, but in the meantime, while there wasn't much in theaters over the last few weeks, I watched uh, a mar- two martial arts films called *Ip Man* or *Ip Man One* and 2, uh, starring Donnie Yen, who plays the martial artist that's in the latest, uh, or was in Rogue One. Uh, Star Wars movie, you may remember. Um, I'm one with the Force, and the Force is with me, guy. Uh, so he's been a very famous martial artist in, uh, in the Far East for quite a number of years. And, uh, these, I guess, were the, the movies that put him on the map. So if you're a fan of the genre, I do recommend them, and hoping to see Ip Man 3 at some point soon. Uh, I watched an old Oscar contender from a couple of years back, *The Room*, uh, which was, uh, you know, depressing but well done. I, I did like it uh, somewhat, but I was kind of put off by it as well. It's always disturbing to see those kinds of movies, but uh, but it had some good acting and some good pieces. And the main actress, oh gosh, um, Brie. Not not Allison Brie. It's the other one. Uh, her name's escaping me right now, but she's starring in Captain Marvel, coming out in February. So it's going to be a different, very different take on uh, on a type of movie for her. I did watch the I did watch the uh, the comedy cock uh, or blockers. I'm sorry, just blockers. We'll just call it blockers. Although there was a picture of a rooster on the cover of the movie as well. Uh, that was amusing. Uh, some some good comedy turns in there. I do recommend it. And I also completed the Netflix series for Luke Cage, uh, which had a satisfying final episode and has great music throughout. I'd be interested in the soundtrack to it with some great blues artists, funk artists, and reggae artists. Uh, but I found the pace of the, the series to be a s- serious slog. It's just glacial. And uh, I just think the use of his powers uh, just seems unimaginative, you know, basically – punch a guy, uh, bend a gun, throw a guy, you know, get shot at, have the bullets bounce off you. Um, You know, I just found... The interpretation to be, maybe it's the budget. They don't have the budget to do anything that much more exciting with his powers. But I just found it repetitive after a while. And I found the pacing of the, you know, it it seemed like every time they turn around, there was another slow-mo, two-person conversation that was just, I think, every episode of an hour could have been 40 minutes, and it would have been a far superior series. So I have to decide whether I want to move on to Iron Fist. Um which is the next series that has come out. I heard it was improved over season one. Uh, I'll probably give it a try. And the latest Daredevil trailer just hit as well. Uh, Daredevil was my favorite of those series that came out when it initially came out. And they are bringing back the Kingpin uh, from the first series, who was one of the stronger characters. So probably give that one a try as well. Uh, You know, I continue to be meh on the Netflix Marvel series. They're just good enough to keep me watching um, but not good enough for me to, you know, get terribly excited about at the same time. So we'll see if they improve. I'll let you know what I think. What's been going on in Lotro? Uh, Bragg's been earning a key or two. Uh, co- went back and completed some older content, the Merkwood treasure caches to clear out that tab of my deed log. Uh, I think the next one in Rovanion is the Great River that I have to go back to and do some Slayer deeds on if I want to clean that one out. Um, with my long-term goal being uh, clean deed logs as much as possible for brag, except for maybe raids and instances. And uh, besides that, I did a four-no shadows tier one run when it was the featured instance a couple couple weeks ago. Uh, my health never dropped below 75 or 80 percent the whole time. I think I li- literally did not even hit myself heal, uh, but maybe once in the whole run, and that was with Cappy heals, not a menstrual. So. Why is Tier One so easy for Forna Shadows and Tier Two so difficult? I mean, I haven't done it recently, but it used to be one of the harder instances in the game when you get to the final boss. You know, maybe it's uh, not as hard with the present state of gear, but I've, I've never—I don't—I'm not sure. I've still ever finished the final boss on Tier Two, uh, it's been a while since I tried. But I just wish there wasn't such a dis- disparity between Tier One and Tier Two run difficulty sometimes in some of these instances. Uh, tier One, you know, is just is a joke usually Um, and tier two sometimes is reasonable and sometimes is way off the way off the um, way off the reservation as far as difficulty level so again you know just I think it's that speaks to the difficulty of balancing out character uh, as you scale some of these instances upwards uh, my, my mini has been doing dailies for keys, uh, ran a couple Mordor scourge runs. She's now 42 of 50 for the final scourge deed in Mordor, which would give her the meta deed. So that's basically, I think you get six per run. Um, and, uh, so I t- basically have to do two more Mordor scourges runs and they're harder to find because no one's doing them nowadays. Occasionally, um, when it's the weekly quest for keys or for additional alliance booklets, uh, you will will see some people running it. Uh, but I think it's going to get less and less since there will be no more key drops out of the Mordor uh, dailies runs going forward. So that's a little bit disappointing. Um, I also think, as far as I'm aware, Deed Accelerators used to work on the Scourge meta deed because I remember getting two per kill with Bragg at one point. But that no longer appears to be the case because I did one the last two times out. I I did a a Slayer deed accelerator, and um, it showed accelerated on all the tabs in my deed log except for that one. It was not accelerating those. So it looks like two more runs uh, to get that meta deed done for my mini. And uh, we'll just keep an eye out and see when they're called for and maybe organize a few myself at some point if I have to to get it done. My Cappy, also doing a few keys generated and shining up some shiny black adamants for a necklace for my Berg uh, from the Northern Strongholds recipes that are available from the allegiance vendors in the Northern Strongholds. Loremaster, key runs, you you're sensing a theme here. My Berg uh, has been polishing his allies. Uh, he's got uh, you know his second allies maybe halfway to cap. Uh, So whenever I get Empowerment Scrolls or Crystals, they get focused towards him. And uh, he's been going through the mortar content. So he's finished off Aaron Lasgolin. He's finished off Dale. He has finished off Erebor. And uh, as as of today, has finished off the Lay of Rust and Rhyme. So is now complete with uh, the mortar content. Finished all the quest deeds in the Northern Strongholds. He is... Gosh, I think it's my one, two, three, four, fifth tune through the Northern Stronghold's content, uh, and is halfway to kindred with the different rep factions there. Uh, What I'm looking to do is just get him to kindred rep on one of those factions, so that I can uh, I can use his collected tokens to generate more Northern Stronghold essences and/or complete uh, build out some of his gear. Uh, And that's probably the last tune I have planned to go through the detailed content in the Northern Strongholds. I was kind of pushing to get it done before update 23 came out. Looks like I've got two or three more days to make that happen, but I'm pretty close. So if I grind some dailies with him now, in between now and then, I think I might make it before the new content comes out. We will see. My Hunter has been doing some minor gear upgrades uh, as... My Berg has been moving through northern strongholds. Whenever he's getting a, an agility piece that he can't use, he's been shuffling it off to the burger uh, to the Hunter since those are account bound. Um, I also went through and upgraded my Hunter's uh, legendary item relics from the Udon Barterers, and um, that upgraded my DPS as best I can tell by about 20 percent by just updating those. Uh, those relics from the Udon barters that are available for, if you have Mordor tokens. Uh, he did a few Northern Mirkwood dailies as or Mordor rep dailies as well uh, working on Mordor rep for my hunter. My burning is still sitting at level 108. I haven't been motivated to play him. I've, I've been told the healing for the Birning is good but not much else. I'm waiting to see what they do with his class revamp when it comes out. I did run a few quests in Ended with with my champ who is level 71 and my RK57 is Fallow, just hobby horsing around, waiting to do Moria runs. Warden, Fallow as well. However, I did make some progress with my High Elf Warden, who is now level 20. and her running around Eriador doing mul- a multitude of the Vector quests that are available at that point in time. Plus some stuff on the side. Uh, mostly Ireluin with stops at the Forsaken Inn, Bree, Adzod's Camp, Buckland, and Trestle Bridge. Uh, I have to say I played it safe on this tune to get her done dying. There were a couple times I picked up quests in the Lonelands that were orange uh, to go into uh, you know the first goblin area there, and I decided you know what I've only got a level left to get my undying title. I think I'll go do some some blue quests in Arid Lewin to get up there. Uh, so got undying obviously in that tune. Uh, had two virtue slots opened up which I slotted. One racial slot opened up which I slotted i uh, got some new gear, got a good amount of Lotro points, um, you know, cleaning up some quests in some of these zones, and I did the the skirmish intro, um, so basically I parked my High Elf Warden at level 20 to be available for skirms and or great barrel runs at that level, and I'll, I'll be looking for those and be able to join those now. What else has been going on in other Tokyo news? Well, there, over, since I talked with you last, there's been a, some additional commentary from Athlon Games, which is the new company that's going to be publishing the, the new Lotro MMO. Uh, I shouldn't call it Lotro. The new Lord of the Rings MMO. And uh, the, the info that, that came out since I last spoke with you was that they're going to be doing stories from before the age, uh, before the age of man. Uh, So it sounded like they were focusing, going to be focusing on maybe second age stories uh, that would be hinted at from the appendices or from the Silmarillion, uh, which would be interesting. Uh, You know, what if they, my first guess that I leapt to would be, what if they did stories of Gondolin and tied it in with uh, the book that just came out, uh, The Fall of Gondolin. So um it's kind of hard to say at this point but you know that was my first speculation is that they'll be looking at stories but i thought it was interesting that they're going from before the time of the war of the rings before the time of the third age uh based on their comments um i would think that would be uh less of a draw uh even you know unless you're a hardcore tokyo nerd but but who knows? You know, maybe they're looking not specifically not to step on the footsteps of Lotro and just do a recreation of the game. You know, with all the same areas of Middle Earth built out, but to um, you know to compete with what uh, Lotro's done from a landscape perspective. So distinguishing themselves a little bit. That's interesting. You know, uh, given the average length of time for an MMO, we still have uh, uh, maybe a year and a half, two years to speculate. So we'll see what comes out over that time frame. Uh, that's enough about what I've been doing in game and what's going on with Token. So, with that, let's move on to our next beacon. Erelas. Here we are at Erelas, and we have a new segment that we're going to produce, uh, that we're going to premiere on the podcast this week for all you viewers out there. Uh, so, view view carefully this next segment so you can see. What I'm talking about and uh, what it is is a man on the street poll question. I thought it was uh, you're very polarizing for the community some of the new loot box and key policies coming out for update 23. So we went out and asked various characters from around, uh, you know, various individuals and citizens from around the world of Middle Earth. What do they think about the new loot box key policies coming for update 23? And how on earth might you open one? And the first person we talked to is uh, Denethor, and he said, These loot boxes must come to Contour. Uh Gollum, It's our birthday, and we wants them? We asked Grima, and he said, The panic and chaos in the forums is delicious. Grima approves. Treebird. Treebeard? Treebeard. No, no, don't be hasty. Samwise Gamgee. It's like the stories in those old games that went free-to-play, the ones that really mattered, that there's still some loot in this game, and it's worth grinding for. Gandalf. I will knock your head against this loot box Peregrine took, and if that does not shatter it, and I am allowed a little piece from foolish questions, I will try to find the opening words without having to buy a key from the store. Gimli. Uh, what's in these loot boxes? Salted pork? Legolas. Shall I describe it to you, or would you like me to find you a loot box? Boromir, one does not simply complete a daily for a sturdy steel key anymore. Elrond, stand by the grey stone while the thrush knocks, and the last rays of the setting sun shall shine upon the keyhole. Bilbo, I don't know half these loot boxes half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of these new loot boxes half as well as they deserve. Tom Bombadil. Old Tom Bombadil is a merry fellow. Bright blue his jacket is, and his boots are yellow. None has ever caught him yet, for Tom he is the master. His songs are stronger songs, and he doesn't need friggin' motes of enchantment or figments of splendor from stupid loot boxes. And lastly, we asked Theoden. How did it come to this? That's our first ever Man on the Street segment. Let's move on to the beacon of Minrimon. And now for the original weekly sponsor segment. This week's show is brought to you by, well, uh, a couple things. Listen, we had uh, we found out recently that we're going to have uh, figments of splendor in the game. And I speculated that uh, from that we would have splendor vendors. I was very excited about having splendor vendors in the game. And then uh, when I tweeted that out, a friend of the show, Fredless, told me that he was also looking forward to perk clerks and healer dealers. And then lastly, Froon Juice contributed that he was looking forward to obtaining items from Jagger Jack's Swag Shack. So our new weekly sponsor is Jagger Jack's Swag Shack, located in the heart of the Chetwood for all of your swag needs. Come on down to the shack, because if you need to pack and your swag bag lacks, then Jack's got your back with prices you can hack. So give us a crack at your swag needs Mac. Cause Jack's got a knack for having swag on his rack that'll make a duck quack. And you'll get a free tic-tac with every sack. And that's no yakity yak Jack. Come on down to Jagger Jack's Swag Shack. Wait, I want to do that one more time and see how fast I can read it. Ready? It's like one big long tongue twister. Jack or Jack Swag Shack? Come on down to the shack, because if you need a pack and your swag bag lacks, then Jack's got your back with prices you can hack. So give us a crack at your swag needs, Mac, because Jack's got a knack for having swag on his rack that'll make a duck quack. And you get a free tech tack with every sack, and that's no yakety-yak, Jack. <laughs> the sixth beacon of had Okay, on from moronic sophomoric poetry to something a bit more pretentious. From the Karn- Kegger Games this year comes uh, Bragg's entry into the festival. Yes, I did earn points for the Dwarf Nation again this year. Uh, it was awarded the bronze medal in the poetry contest, which is conducted on Lauren at the Ivy Ivy, Be- Ivy Bush Inn, uh, right there in Hobbiton. And uh, I was uh, I was happy of course with my showing. I thought. Uh, uh, the other poems, of, of course, are always excellent. Uh, Mine seem to have a more serious tone than a lot of the other entrants. Typically, uh, there, you know, some hobbits, a lot of hobbits in the contest, or dwarves or elves that do things a bit more lighthearted. Uh, but I think my lesson coming away from this year's games is that I need to incorporate a lot more emotes uh, and gesturing into uh, into my presentation, and liven it up. I think that would help with my uh, with my outcomes. And uh, I look forward to participating year after year. But uh, for the purposes of my podcast, I'd like to read my entry from this past year. It concerns, as you may have guessed from my opening outside of the Hornburg, with one of the more tragic and underrated uh, figures in Middle-earth lore history. Uh, I guess there's one way to look at it is to say that uh, if this individual... Uh, did not exist we might not have worn the war of the ring Saron We we might be sitting in Saron's giant Mordor overspill even as we speak um, the poem concerns Hama and uh, One might argue that if Hama hadn't made his heroic stand uh, at the Hornburg uh, That the Rohirrim might never have, never have seen the morning and if they had never seen the morning uh, they might not have lasted the night, and Théoden might not have been able to rally his countrymen to appear at the Pelennor Fields. And if that hadn't happened, uh, Minas Tirith might have fallen, and, and we'd be looking at a very different history in Middle-earth. So I believe uh, Hama is a very underrated uh, character who had as big of an impact on the future of the Fourth Age uh, as any character that was in The Fellowship of the Rings. And that's uh, quite a dynamic statement indeed. Let me know if you disagree. Uh, but I was moved by the epic storyline in the book that talks about Hamastand. And so I wrote a poem about it called Hamastud. In darkest days the Rohirrim were mired, With Grima, Isengard, conspired. A glamour cast on Thengal's son, Had led the mark to brink of ruin, before waxing dream, doom of Orodruin, with dotage heavy on our sire, until Hama let Mithrander's staff cleanse his lord with secret fire. Still, with noble Theodrid lost, amid cruel Orthanc's unleash host, and the westfold feeling Dunland's wrath, from Edoras we fled in haste to Helm Deep's stony-cold embrace, there to brace with beam and post and hunker down to hide in crystal caves what mattered most. And as the dark rain drew that night, while evil enveloped the veil with blight, and terror that the onslaught wrought, spread through parapets and towers, bought with lives the precious hours, creeping dawn's reluctant light, found the Hornburg's battered gates besieged in desperate plight. It was in that darkest hour that Hama stood amidst the crumbled blocks and splintered wood alone he faced the snarling hordes and guarded as the final ward the only door between death and his lord Hama stood where none other would and no yuruk could move him though death was understood at the last impossibly he'd borne the vital moments stealing to the morn a door warden he was and still remained with thoughts of leofred and ural he'd been y- sustained but even as he fell he heard helm hammerhand's horn roan had survived though ever forlorn and forevermore with symbol mine his grain was his grave was adorned hama son of leoforth ward of uncommon worth of whose whose courage the minstrels sing With blood slicked back pressed against the door, he did retreat not one step more. Rising from his lowly birth, sacrificed, he bore the price for Mark and King and Middle Earth. Yay! Yay! I need some clapping sounds. Uh, That one didn't work. Close enough. We are at the seventh beacon of Halifurian on that sad note. Sorry we ran out of time to squander. It is time for blessed relief. I'm officially locking the vault on the 89th episode of Light the Beacons. I would love to hear your plaudits, feedback, rants, diatribes, and most of all, your constructive critique as we head to the crazy 90s. You can contact me. Never thought I'd make it here, by the way. You can contact me at bragsonofbalan at gmail.com. That's brag with two A's. The second A stands for aggrandizement. Facebook or Twitter Braggson of Bragg Son of Balin, my website at Light the Beacons where you can post comments directly on the podcast and which where I also have an entry for my Harnkeger poem in case you'd like to look at it more closely. I kindly request you to take the time to create an iTunes review, like Le Pommes de Air did, if perchance you were so inclined. I would very much appreciate it. If your comments incite me to forgo my legendary elven antipathy, I will try to include them in the next podcast or at least respond in some way. So I hope you laughed either at or with me. I hope you might have learned at least a little something you didn't know before or perhaps looked at the game with a slightly different perspective. And most of all, I hope you enjoy your week in Middle-Earth. This is Bragg. I am the son of Balin, reminding you that if it ain't Baruch, don't fix it. And the next time you judge Bill Fernie by the character of his pony don't despair light the beacons uh so blog guitar thanks for joining us here today blarg i know this can't be easy for you to appear so publicly blarg so what makes you you blog guitar i mean tell us about it, what it really means to be a blog guitar in a modern world how do you unwind after a long day beating off would-be adventurers out on the barrows as an undead pawn of Ivar the Bloodhand? Blog 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 Oh okay, okay, plenty of time to promote that book later, Bloggy. Let me do the questions for now. Blog Blog Block Blog Blog.